Hey everybody, you're listening to the How to Have Threesomes podcast. I'm Key. And I'm Lily. We've been together for seven years in a relationship style we call monogamish. This podcast is going to give you everything you need to build a stronger relationship with your partner, create healthy boundaries, and communicate honestly. We're going to help you have fun, safe, sexy adventures and have the best threesomes of your life. Ready? Here we go. You. Hey guys, the episode you're about to hear needed to be re-edited. All the guests and stories you love so much are still the same, we just needed to bleep out a few things for privacy. Before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to tell you that the How to Have Threesomes video course is now open for enrollment. We have spent years working on this project and are so, so excited to share it with you. In this course, we teach you all of our secrets for finding your ideal unicorn, from navigating dating apps and play parties to forming connections with friends and with professionals. Regardless of your experience level, this video course is full of actionable tips, tricks, and worksheets, like the needs list, kinky questionnaire, and what makes a high-converting Tinder bio. We show you how to express your deepest desires without destroying a relationship, plus how to maintain excitement with your partner. If you want to have the best threesomes of your life, this is the video course for you. We are now also offering coaching for people who want that individual attention. Some of the best money we ever spent was on a professional to help guide us through our challenging times. And not every therapist is trained to navigate non-monogamy, so if you and your partner want some extra support in these tricky situations, we're here for you guys. Another thing that we're offering is a sexy getaway. Come and spend a week with us on a tropical island. We're going to take you on some amazing experiences like hiking waterfalls, partner acro, fire dancing, and some crazy party nights. We've also teamed up with experts to bring you workshops in Tantra, Shibari, trust building, and pickup. Plus, personalized photo shoots to show off the best version of yourself online. By the end of the retreat, you'll be more confident, have a better connection with your partner, and a deeper understanding of your desires. This retreat will be a bunch of wild and sexy times, and we're stoked to bring you guys out here. We're offering the video course and the coaching on teachable.com. If you want more details about the couples retreat, we have a form you can fill out. All the links will be available in the show notes or on the How to Have Threesomes Instagram. You guys are also welcome to reach out to us directly for coaching or anything else you might need. And now, back to the episode. This is the How to Have Threesomes podcast. I'm and I'm and I'm eating a waffle in bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now we're at this beautiful resort. We just had a flower pool yesterday and did a collaboration. Took some photos for them in exchange for this amazing stay. And even though he's sick, he still looks beautiful. Um, and as we're eating our breakfast in bed, as we so often do in surrounded by flowers um we were just having a conversation about a friend of ours and i was thinking um why not record it because i feel like these are the conversations and i have a lot in private um and i think it's maybe why our relationship is so good but you guys don't often hear kind of i don't know just the things we talk about over breakfast so here we go so we had this friend and she was someone who we slept with in the past and she struggled with finding boyfriends I know for the past couple of years, she's been in relationships and they seem really good for a while, but then they kind of die out. And I think there's a reason to that. I think that the reason is, is that often these girls come into our relationship and they see something really beautiful and they see this like little snippet of what our relationship is like. And I feel like they might bring those expectations back to other relationships, which is great in a sense, because you want to have very high expectations when you're finding someone, you want someone to treat you really well. But the only thing is, is that what me and have we've built over a long period of time like the freedom that we have to travel and be in and spend all day with each other we worked for that <laughs> yeah it wasn't something we just got naturally this is something that we when we first started dating we definitely didn't have that originally we wanted to buy a sailboat and just sail the seas which would have been an awful idea because i don't really like the water and neither of us know how to sail but something about it seemed romantic <laughs> I, st- I still want to do it <laughs> we planned out how much money we would need to be making every month in passive income in order to afford that lifestyle. 
And then we set out to make that happen. And we agreed, like, when we get $2,000 a month passive income, we're going to buy this boat. We're going to spend <laughs> all the rest of our money that we're making to buy this boat. And instead we moved to built a circus house, but... Yeah. Same, same. Freedom. But that was a couple... That was five years ago. So our relationship right now is the product of us five years ago having a plan and coming through on that plan. Mm -hmm. And now we have the freedom to do that. And I think a lot of people who come into our relationship or who see that, they're like, wow, why can't me and my partner just be free and having fun all the time? And you can, absolutely, but you have to be willing to work towards that in the long run. It's not something you're going to have immediately. For the most part, there are some really rich people, you know, whatever else, but... If there are really rich people as well, you got to watch out because they're going to have a lot of control over you. If, if they're affording you this amazing lifestyle and you don't have much to bring yourself, like, that's, that's power that they're going to have on you. And, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the relationship you want either. From the very beginning, me and sat down and we were like, we want to do this together and be equals in this. And we're both going to make passive income. And I gave her all the tools that I had that I was using to make passive income. And we did whatever we could to create this, this freedom in our lives. So I'd like to preface this by saying... The conversation we were having wasn't necessarily about this specific friend. So babe, if you're listening, <laughs> you just kind of triggered some, uh, some memories for us and referencing other people too. But one thing I was asking her was like, oh, you guys seem so happy. Like, what happened? And it's a really good reminder to not take the relationships you see online at face value. We all know that Instagram is the highlight reel. And the videos that I had seen of them, you know, they were having the same type of, you know, spirituality and the same taste in art and music and the things they were doing, they seemed so compatible, like more than people I'd ever met. They seemed such a perfect match. All right, I've never met the guy. I don't know what he was like at all. I just know that they portrayed themselves as being this perfect couple. And then it seems like things just fell apart really fast. And I was like, wow, I wouldn't have expected that. But then kind of pointed out like, when limerence ends, it can hit people really fucking hard. I don't have a lot of faith in relationships in general. I think the best way to tell if a relationship is going to make it in the long run is to see if that person has made it work in the past. Mm -hmm. If um, I haven't had a ton of relationships, but I know most of the relationships I've had have been very long-term. And a lot of times they didn't end well. Like, I am also prone to cheating, or I have been in the past, not with much, but... <laughs> not with me as much. Anyone who's read the book knows how that went down. But... I've always wanted to have long relationships, and I think that helps when it comes to me having a relationship with a girl, I think. Okay, I'll pick up his thought where he was leaving off. Um, I think what we were talking about right before we turned on the phone was how right both partners have to be wanting to make that relationship work, right? It can't just be one side giving and one side compromising. Like Both people need to put in the effort to make that thing work. Pointing out that looking at people's track record is probably one of the most accurate ways, right? Like, ladies, I'm just putting it out there, right? If you're falling in love with a guy who you know has never really been in a long term relationship, like nothing more than maybe two years, he's never done the work past limerence, right? Like, oh man, we were just talking to a friend the other night who's older. She's like, I'm just gonna say past the age of 40, and she's only ever been in love twice, both for only a year. Um, and to me, I go, oh, so you were in limerence twice, but you, you know, for whatever reason, didn't stay into, like, the real part of the relationship where, like, it's not just your happy brain chemicals, you know, <laughs> firing off, like, fireworks everywhere. Like, it, it is very different after a year and a half or two years. So, right, if you're trying to date a guy and you know he's never been in that territory before, just know, like, 
shit might hit the fan and you guys might need to really compromise for the fact that like you haven't had practice in that type of I don't know emotional state before mm -hmm. I forgot exactly what it was but there was a study that I read that said that the less partners you have the more happy you are in your current relationship you're more sexually satisfied basically the fewer partners you've had which honestly it kind of makes sense to me like I'm just gonna use a very simplified example right but before we came to I had never had a dumpling in my life. I'm not a very uh, exciting person when it comes to food. If I find something I like, I will eat the same thing for like six months and I'm just happy that I'm not dead. But right, the first dumpling I ate here, I decided that was the best dumpling I've ever had in my life and I eat there any chance I get and I still love it. I've never had dumplings anywhere else in the world and I don't need to because I love these dumplings, right? But if I was like a dumpling connoisseur and went around to all these fancy restaurants all over the world and I tried hundreds of different dumplings, I'd be picky as fuck. Right? Maybe the filling isn't cooked right, or the flavor's not right, or the texture's not right. And I feel like that's what it's like sometimes talking with people who've had a lot of sexual partners. And I'm not saying you should only be with one person, like more power to you. But just know that the more experiences you have to compare from, you're gonna compare a lot more and maybe be missing different things. Or maybe you're gonna miss like, you know, the tenderness of one lover or, you know, the kind of dominant spirit of another or the creativeness or whatever it is. Like maybe one was a really good cook. Maybe one was just really fucking funny. I don't know what it's like be with multiple guys because I haven't. Um, but also, I think maybe that's why I'm really fucking happy. Like, I think most girls would be fucking happy with And I think he's like a gift in my life. But also, I'm yet to find any other girl who likes their partner as much as I like especially girls who've been, you know, with five, six, seven, eight other guys. Um, so I think that maybe that was kind of a, a good thing that he pulled me straight out of high school unintentionally. I didn't tell him that I was that young. Um, but right, like, Everything that he did with me was my first time. And I loved it because of that, right? Was there like value to you in the fact that, I don't know, you got to show me this whole new world of... Yeah, for sure. I think that's one of the greatest gifts you can have is getting to show people some of your favorite things. I remember I took her first dubstep concert and first festivals and first international travel. Or maybe did you go to Mexico or something? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, first he took me to Canada for the first time. I'd been to Alaska and Hawaii, which are both technically farther, country. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there was so much I got to do with Like, I know that's incredibly special is to get to witness someone going through something that you went through. That was just an amazing experience. Sex. What? Sex? Well, that was my question for you. The fact that I'd never really been with other guys, right? I'd never had anyone else do these things to me. I'd never been intimate, right? I'd never, like, slept and cuddled and just lived with someone and shared my space, like, right? And you have. So, you, like, I don't know what it was like living with the other girls whose names I will not say, but I imagine there are some things I do that you can compare or kind of contrast to what it was like to live with them versus I have no reference. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know. There's not really much that I compared with anymore. Like, I, but I can tell you at the beginning of our relationship, there was a lot that I compared. In the beginning of the relationship, I was like, oh... My other girlfriend, I like this about her or that about her. And honestly, as the time has gone on, I'm like, you know what? Like, I just know there's nothing I would trade. But I think that's also dangerous as well. In the beginning of the relationship, I think you're most likely to compare your partner to someone else. Because that other experience is still fresh. You still maybe have feelings for them and whatever else. For example, my ex-girlfriend was an amazing video editor. And I hate video editing. And so when I left her, I was like so sad. I was like, damn it, I have to edit all my own videos. It's going to take me hours. And it, like, it really distressed me. I think I kind of held that against for a little bit. Yeah, he like tried to teach me how to edit, and then every once in a while he'd be like, hey, I have this whole video, like, do you want to edit for me? And I was like, no. 
Like, I got other shit to do. And he's like, are you sure? Like, it'd be really great if you could edit for me. And I'm like, nah, you edit your own shit. Like, I'm busy. <laughs> and very quickly I learned. Well, actually, it wasn't very quickly. It probably took me a year. But then I learned that Out actually, of limerins. I'm fine editing my shit by myself. I don't need that. I don't need a girl to edit my stuff. But it was something that I held against her. And I think often you just, you remember things that you really liked about someone else. And then you hold that against your current partner. And I think you just have to go past that. Trust that person. You got to trust someone before they're going to trust you and before it works out. So you just got to trust them and be like, all right, let's see how this goes. And I'm not saying you should just stay with your partner blindly if they're treating you poorly. That's absolutely not the case. But I think if there's certain things that you're missing, just wait a little bit because you might discover new things about this other person that far outweigh their ability to edit videos. <laughs> yeah, like that was one thing um, our friend mentioned when I was talking with her last night was how a lot of the things this guy was doing was really great. You know, he'd cook her breakfast and he'd take her on trips and, and he was very attentive to her needs, but that sometimes, I guess, things would just kind of down spiral really fast. And I don't know the details of their relationship or why, you know, certain things would kind of trigger a negative reaction like that. But it always makes me wonder what other people's relationships are like in terms of how many good days they have compared to how many bad days um, or good hours compared to bad hours. Because I know, like, I weep pretty much never fight. I'd say we have like less than a handful of arguments per year, probably. And there've been like, they've been slightly more concentrated recently now that we have like a lot of big decisions to make, right? We're building a fucking house. Like, you know, if you're gonna argue about anything, you probably care what your house is gonna look like for the next 15 years or whatever it does. Add a little bit more stress. And it's not that we don't enjoy the process, you know, but if we were just floating around in pools of flowers at resorts all day, there's really not much to disagree about but we don't mistreat each other right like we we always look out for each other and if one of us is sick we try to help and we like you know I just don't know if other couples have that because some of the stories I hear from you guys when you write to me I'm like god damn like why are you in this relationship but also when the world is this crazy I see a lot of people who are together just because they're afraid to be alone um, and not necessarily because they're in a good partnership or it's a relationship that they know is going to last, but just because, you know, being with someone is better than being with no one. Uh, and I wonder how that's going to play out once, you know, things open up again and you have your actual choice of <laughs> maybe more compatible humans and where that relationship's going to go. If I had to give any tips to people in a new relationship, I would say give your new partner some time. Don't just make assumptions about them. Don't find one thing you dislike about them and then get rid of them. Try to work through things with them. Why? I just think that so many people now, they find one thing that they don't like. And if it's very severe, if this is something you're not willing to live with, by all means, that's it. End the relationship. <laughs> so you're saying if I met you and you smoked a lot of crack, maybe that should be a deal breaker. <laughs> for sure. But like, if it's like they're not as good at editing or they're not very good at sex or whatever it is, if there's something that they're not good at and you really miss that, give them a little bit of chance to grow into that position or into a different position that you never even knew that you desired. Like, even if they suck at editing, they might be amazing at giving you back massages. And that's not cooking. something you ever... Yeah, or cooking. And those aren't things you ever thought you wanted in a relationship, but you might really learn to appreciate them if you give it some time. So don't jump straight to conclusions really quick and be like, I don't want to be with this person. I've decided. Sorry, guys. This waffle's really good. It's almost done now. It's covered in um, chocolate. Yeah, this whole episode, I guess, is pretty free-flowing. Like, we're literally just sitting here in bathrobes. But I guess that's another... A seed I'd like to plant in your minds is that if you don't often talk about relationships with your partner, maybe do. 
and talking about your own can be the hardest, right? So something I do literally all the time is talk about other people's relationships. Like even if we're just sitting in a restaurant, we'll look at a couple and like kind of pick apart their dynamic. Like, you know, oh, you know, she's way more into this than he is. Like he can't even stay off his phone, right? She put in a lot more effort. He doesn't care. Like just, you know, or friends that we know really well and kind of talking about, you know, how they're doing their marriage or raising their kids and kind of what their, uh, what their triggers are and what they're giving to each other. Um, and I feel like maybe it could just make you more articulate in the language of relationships to kind of start breaking down other people's and noticing patterns and then maybe you'll start seeing some of those patterns in your own relationship. I'm going to tell you guys a story that I haven't told anyone and it was really hard for me at the time but I had an ex-girlfriend who'd done quite a bit more than me and at one point she said that she had a boyfriend with like a massive dick <laughs> and she like told me she's like yeah it felt so good and whatever else and like I was like okay great but then it kind of like maybe compare within myself and maybe I was young and maybe I wasn't as mature as I should have been but I was like well fuck does that mean she doesn't like mine or whatever and it's funny because now that that relationship's over I guarantee she thinks about our sex more than she thinks about her sex with him well she said she has right like she's still in contact with you sometimes about it but the thing is is that it just fucked with me and I feel like sometimes bringing into a relationship your expectations of someone else or something else that you had in a relationship it may be that facet of her relationship was better with him. I don't know. But, like, in bringing that into another relationship, it's not going to, like, make the other person feel better by her, like, well, talking about it. why the fuck would she bring that up, right? It's not something... If your partner can't improve upon the thing, maybe don't bring it up, right? Like, if cooking was really important to me and I could kind of drop those hints, right? Maybe he'd learn a recipe or two and be able to contribute, right? Or, like, learn how to sing. Like, those are things a partner can work on. But if came to me and was like, damn, I really love girls who are, like, six feet tall and have blue eyes... Why, why would he do that? It was not helpful. That would just make me really insecure. And then he'd have resentment. And like, I, I don't know, guys. Like, if it's really important to you that someone learns a skill, you know, mention that. But yeah, like if I had come to and was like, oh, you know, this guy has X, Y, and Z. And it's nothing that can change. And by the way, that's not a problem. So I don't know what the fuck she was trying to point out. But it's just not helpful. Like, don't be mean. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it's important to, like, leave your expectations at the door, come into the relationship new and fresh, you know, just try your best, realize that things are going to get hard, and when they get hard, I think that's your test of the relationship, is if the first time things get hard, you guys end up breaking up, or it just doesn't turn out well, that's how it's going to be for the rest of the relationship. You're obviously going to get better as time goes on. But, and if you're not getting better, that's a red flag. But those first arguments are a chance to understand if the relationship is going to last for longer, or if it's just going to be short term. If you guys are both really willing to try and work through these problems, then amazing. You know you're probably going to be able to work through things in the future, too. Like something I remember, I mentioned this to a friend recently, where she gets in fights with her boyfriend a lot. And she was like, oh, but it's not that bad, because as soon as I say sorry, you know, he, he forgives me. And I was like, wait, does he ever apologize? Like, both of you are raising your voices and throwing things at each other. Like, does he ever take responsibility? And she's like, well, no, like, it's my job to say sorry. And I was like, why? Like, that's... That's bullshit. If both people are causing problems, both people need to own up to it and get better. It can't just be you, like, you know, not speaking your truth and kind of bowing down to someone when they're being an asshole. Like, that's that's not helpful. And maybe it makes the relationship last longer, but is that really a relationship you want to be in? I want to say one more thing about dick size as well, because it's an interesting fact that we just heard. We've been reading this book called Everybody Lies, and it talks about big data. They go onto Google, and they look through the data, and they see 
what searches have been done the most. And it's different than social media because they were talking about how in social media everyone tries to portray themselves as perfect. They gave an example of this girl who posted amazing happy pictures with her boyfriend on a honeymoon or whatever, just traveling. And then she went home and 10 minutes later she was searching up like, my boyfriend won't have sex with me. The book was talking about how people are more likely to kind of tell the truth when searching in Google than feeling the need to portray their best selves on social media. One of my favorite examples was that people who posted, you know, pictures of, you know, my brilliant kids just got an award at their school would then sometimes type into Google, I regret having children. And I'm like, well, right, like what are you... What are you hoping to get out of that? Like confirmation that having kids is a bad idea? Like you can't return them. Yeah. Um, but well, I'll let Ricky get to the main point, which was the best of them all. Well, actually, before we get to the best one, I want to give one more example. In America, people type up, my girlfriend is pregnant. And then dot, dot, dot. After that, the most searched term in America is, my girlfriend is pregnant, now what? And the second most searched one is, what now? And they're Americans talking about, are confused. <laughs> yeah, in a way. But then if you look at what people search in Mexico, they type in that same first beginning, my girlfriend is pregnant, but the next most searched term in Mexico is romantic love poems, or romantic songs I can sing to my pregnant wife. It's just so interesting how in America, they're like, what now? And in Mexico, they're like, trying to be romantic and sing, and it's just an amazing cultural difference. So that's another example. But the one I was going to get to about dick size is that <laughs> they were talking about how men often search, like, how do I make my dick bigger? And how women search about the same amount of times, my boyfriend's dick is too big, what do I do? So they were talking about how there's this inconsistency. Guys think that they need a bigger dick, but in fact, girls have a problem with most of their boyfriend's dick sizes and actually would prefer it to be smaller. Yeah, the, oh man, this, this book was really interesting. Actually, we'll link it in the show notes because I feel like it is very, um, it's a good reminder about the fact that what you see online is definitely not an accurate representation of people's lives. But they posed a question in the book, which was, you know, which uh, gender are usually the better lovers? Like, who puts in more effort? And at least according to Google searches, right, women, I don't know what it was, it was like 50% more of the time are searching, you know, how to give better oral sex to their husbands or boyfriends, right? Like tips and techniques. And, and then men were searching more often for how to give themselves head than how to improve giving <laughs> head to their girlfriends or wives. Like, men are so obsessed with their own penises. And one other example in the book that I just thought this was hilarious was that a top search trend for a lot of men is how big is my dick, right? Where instead of actually just picking up a ruler and seeing how long their dick is, they type it into Google as if that's going to help. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Okay, another example for the ladies, as I eat my toast with jam, um, was that there were as many searches from men on how to convince my girlfriend to get a boob job as there were searches for why in the world does my girlfriend want a boob job? Like men were equally split between wanting, you know, their partner to get fake tits as not wanting their partner to get fake tits. So remember, just you do you, don't let anyone pressure you into shit, and your dick probably isn't small. Uh, stop worrying about it. Okay guys, we're gonna go back to eating our breakfast. We hope you have a wonderful morning <laughs> or wherever you are in the world. If you can, drop us a rating and review on iTunes. You guys have been helping us massively lately. Yeah. We got boosted to like number 100 and something on the iTunes podcast list, so. Mm-hmm. Just because it's a fun little game for me. Uh, he and I at some point are probably going to post a picture from this resort. And if you're listening to this episode and then you see that picture, just like comment like, put like a flower 
or something so I know you guys know what we were talking about while we were shooting here. That'd be funny. Okay. We'll see you guys later. You. You.